Folks, it's me, Dale Seaver, your host through the moments of regret and revelation. It's 4 a.m., it's the deep night, and this is Dale Radio, coming to you, as always, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And today, folks, it's time for an update, a check-in. Just me and you, in the words of the great song stylist Tiffany, I think we're alone now. All alone. I bet Tiffany has had some rough nights with a microwave meal. Just her gently tearing off the plastic wrap, getting her palms slightly burned on the steam that rushes up in her haste to just eat it and get it over with. Her usually genial smile tugged down slightly by the realization that the actual food looks so different from the picture on the box. Should she have made a better choice? Probably. But at this point, she's come so far. Might as well eat the fettuccine. I feel you, girl. Happy International Women's Day, BTW. What a fun holiday that is and was and continues to be for all time. Also, it was International Pancake Day. Ah, two things I love most in the world. Sharing a Tuesday. Pancakes and women, they just go together. They both wake you up and they both benefit from a drizzle of sweetness. I tell you what I sometimes do, especially when the bank account is low, as it is for some of you listeners, I'm sure. I'll buy a box of that Jiffy Corn Muffin Mix, about 99 cents. I mean, tell me, what else is 99 cents these days at the Key Foods or the Ralph's or the Acme or the ShopRite or the Stop and Shop or the Kroger's? Not much. So you get one of these muffin mixes, and right on the back there's a recipe for pancakes. Cornmeal pancakes. Yes, and you melt a little butter in there or bacon fat if you keep that in the freezer like I do in an old coffee can. Will I ever throw that away? I don't know. For now, I use it instead of WD-40 for little things around the house. You get a little squeak, just put a little bit of that into it. Life hack. Anyway, you melt a little of the fat or butter, mix it in, and here's where it gets fun. Use molasses instead of syrup. Didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> yes, it will transport you. Right back to that little wood shack in the crook of the road in the heart of Appalachia. That place you went once with your ex-wife because you thought you knew a shortcut to the venue. But it turns out you were just lost. And the sun was setting. And without the help of a toothless farmer and his dog, Kudis, you'd never have made it back in time to knock him dead with your rendition of I'm Like a Bird by Nelly Furtado. We had so much fun touring this country, ladies and gentlemen, Ginny and myself. But doesn't food conjure memories? They say that scent has no memory, but they're wrong. I remember everything I've ever smelled, for better or for worse. <laughs> worse being the Tyson chicken plant in Monroe, North Carolina. Had to burn a suit after that visit. So I wanted to update you on some of the things that have been going on this year. And I realize I've been a little absent to you, off schedule maybe. But that's because of some very big things uh, that have been going on for me behind the scenes. And um, let's just pair this podcast. It's an update. I'm going to pair the podcast with a little Glenn Fittich. I've been on a big rum kick of late, so let's uh, let's take it back to old school. So if you have that, raise a glass, enjoy it at this moment. Now's the moment uh, for you to to drink during this podcast. Unless you're driving, then 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 I wouldn't do it. But if you're on a plane, please do. Ah. Uh, 
yeah, some very big things have been going on. First of all, our SF Sketchfest show, wasn't it terrific? Go back and listen to that one, and then the L.A. one, and tell me we didn't have the most fun in late night. I mean, we do. We really do here on this program. Almost as much fun as sending bitmojis to your new crush. I mean, fun! And San Francisco, oh my gosh, what, what was it like to be back there, Dale? Well, it was damp. I used Uber a lot. I drank a ton of coffee, and I stepped in dog dew. So I feel like I really did that city. You know, I felt the new economy. I understood microclimates. I tell you, buy a vest at the airport if you're headed to SF. I have plenty of vests, as you already know, but you'll not be sorry to have your arms free and your core warmed in that great city by the bay. A funny thing I noticed, only after I had put the SF show together, the science expert Ariel Waldman, uh, whose book is out now all about what's it like to live in space, she looks entirely too much like the sex worker guest from last year at Sketchfest, Susie Q. Are they the same person, or do I have a type? Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Short, dark-haired gals have always found their way into my orbit, and what can you do about it? I gots to be me, folks. I just gots to. That I ended up with a tall Midwestern Methodist for so long was such a shock to me, as I bet it was for you and many smaller Jewish women around the country. And then we were off to Los Angeles. Wasn't it great to see so many familiar faces there? And the wonderful thing about the friends in L.A., the older they get, the younger they look. I mean, I've got some good-looking friends who are now members of AARP. And what a treat that Pepsi and Katrina could come with me to Los Angeles, see some of the old haunts that kept me going while I was recovering from my separation. Oh, it was a couple of, a couple of tough years, but we had fun driving around in our rental vehicle. We stayed right on the beach in Venice which if you've never been, it's kind of like living in the opening credits of Three's Company. If the three people in that show didn't have an apartment and were sleeping outside, didn't own shoes, and one of them was busy selling dance hall CDs. A fine place. And Pepsi just took to the ocean like a fish. We took a nice long walk in the sun and then ate some tacos from a place that looked like a gas station. That's what L.A. is all about. Creative reuse, personal invention. It is a city of second chances. Forget the old you. If the old you was an Exxon filling station, forget it. Now you make burritos with mushy beans. You ever go for the tamarind jaritos? That's a fun drink. Doesn't look great, but it's surprisingly better than you'd think. Another first-time event for me was going to the old Frozen Head Waltz Place Disneyland. <laughs> I had been to Disney World, of course, down there in Orlando. Oh, I long for my days in Orlando. What a beautiful place to be humid and in line. But Disneyland, what a difference a better climate makes. Disneyland, even with a grumpy little child, totally manageable. You can do it in a day, assuming you don't get too dizzy on those teacups and require medical attention from someone dressed like a duck in a nurse's uniform. Now, the Matterhorn, terrifying. I won't kid you, I wet myself during that one. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, bone crushing. I have bruises on my side from that thing. It's nice when they don't update the rides, you know? Kids were sturdier in the 60s, so busy doing their space race homework and nuclear annihilation drills. They could take it. My favorite, of course, my all-time favorite ride. Oh, it was true when I was six, and it's true now. It's a small world. Is there a more positive-themed amusement park ride in all the land, all the nations of the world, the people spread out before you as you cruise through the oceans on a tiny boat 
Mexico, Eskimos, Swedish children, all the greats. And then they all get together and wear white, the color of unity, and they sing in harmony that beautiful song that sticks with you forever and makes you want to drive the Q-tips into your ears even further just to never hear it again. Fantastic and uplifting. I love it. It's a small world after all. And I should mention a special thank you to Christina. Christina and Katrina were old high school chums. And she happened to be at my show. She's a podcast lover. You find them all over. You never know when one's going to turn up. And, it, and, and as it turns out, uh, uh, Christina is an em- employee of the Disneyland Enterprise, the Disney Corporation. As it was, she is an Imagineer. That's her job title. Now, if you never looked into working at Disney or never watched the Travel Channel special on the restoration of the Matterhorn or never got excited about the construction of Epcot Center and as a kid had a souvenir booklet that told you all about the hidden gems of Disney's Magic Kingdom, then maybe you were unfamiliar with the term Imagineer. But these are the folks, the brave, creative individuals who come up with all the wonderful attractions and rides and experience that one has at a Disneyland or world. They sit in some cubby somewhere, listening to bare necessities, and they dream. They just dream all day to come up with all the little details that make it so magical. Are there soundtracks to the stores on Main Street if you're standing by a window? Yes. What's it like to go into the sea and find Nemo? They know. They are the architects of the place, and they're all amazing people. I once fancied the idea of uh, joining the team, but then I caught the showbiz bug and needed to be out making magic on stage, and I've never looked back. But it was great to have an inside track to the park, and we thank Christina for her generosity and the good work. I mean, she's she's engineering some imagination there. Uh, Would have been nice to have a heads up about how scary the Haunted Mansion really is. I mean, the ride, meh, but the beginning part, Maybe because I've actually been to haunted New Orleans. But this place gave me the creeps. There's a legitimate concern that someone's going to touch you, and that's the scary part. I don't go in for haunted hayrides and all that, with the teens dressed in rubber masks. No, thank you. I don't need to be around teens hopped up on Halloween candies and scare adrenaline. A room full of teens on their cell phones is just as frightening. Put me on a flight with a teen soccer team. I really get the goosebumps going. (laughs) Oh, my, I was young once. Folks, the show in Los Angeles was fun. Matt Besser of UCB, what a dream to meet him. So, so lovely. So lovely. Some, some great stories were told. And Kate Berlant, oh, she's got her special out soon with all the characters. You've got to watch that on the Netflix. And uh, Cyrus, he was upset I got his name wrong, and I don't blame him. I don't like that. I, I've practiced it, and I swear I had it right. I looked at the pronunciation key as he provided, but apparently I goofed. And, um, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, I hate when people call me Dale Seavers or Dale Seeper or Hey Bald Guy. Megan Rosenblum, oh, she probably likes that haunted mansion place. And I didn't realize she's also from the Philadelphia region. That explains so much, folks. No wonder she has that morbid curiosity. Now, if you didn't listen to the show and none of this makes sense, isn't it fun to be in the dark? These are real people, folks. I talked to them on stage. (laughs) The Hammer Museum has it all up on their website. And uh, that reminds me, i got to post the video from the SF show. I have it. I just need to get it up there. You'd probably enjoy that, wouldn't you? It just takes my time, you understand. And and that has been in precious uh, short supply of late. We all get busy, is the point. 
After all these big shows, I thought, I don't know, we have another Welk Tribute Variety Show coming up April 10th at Joe's Pub. Get tickets. But do I want to keep going? Do I have more podcasts in me? And I guess the answer is, of course I do. <laughs> Dale, you face the same thing year after year. Uh, what gives? And it's true, I have had doubts, as you are well aware. And I guess that's just part of the performer's life. You see it. Some some people have been posting on Facebook, say, well, I'm a little down in the dumps. Down the dumpsy wumps. What do I do? Do I move back to Boston? I say you stay with it. A couple of weeks, something turns around. You meet another person. You invite another person. It's so hard to make that first step, but you have to get out there. You know, you have to do it. I constantly go back to the well and look at myself in that reflection of dark water down there. It's a literal well. I don't trust city water. And I say, Dale, you don't give up. You go back to that mic and speak your mind, and now that the New York Times is finally writing about fictitious podcasts, maybe this is the time for you to shine. Wait, I'm not real. Never mind that. Just keep going. Then I lower the wooden bucket down uh, on using the, the hand crank and the old fraying rope, and I let it go all the way down below the surface of the water and hope that no vermin have fallen in looking for a drink. Then I pull the bucket, you know, back, crank it back up to use for soups and tea and general water stuff around the house. Uh, but also I refill my internal water pockets with hope. And I brush off my going-to-the-well trousers and shirt, and then I head back into the apartment. The homestead has seen some turbulence after spending a lot of time, a lot of time, with my new chain-smoking neighbor, Dolores. I mentioned to her that it might be nice for her to stop smoking quite so much, or maybe fill in some of the big cracks that I can see in her walls. She uses them to store her quote-unquote collection of pistachio shells. But I was trying to gently urge her that some silicone caulk might be more effective. The problem is this. The smoke really pours into our apartment by some quirk of the uh, building materials used or the architecture of this space. Uh, it just flows up into the through holes and through the light fixtures, wherever. Uh, but this um, this this smoke, this secondhand business, mixed with the toxic fumes of the guanas, I'm frankly worried that I now live in a very combustible environment. I don't know a lot about chemistry. My chemistry teacher, Mr. Waslin, was not the most dynamic fellow. He had very pointy elbows, thick glasses, he wore short sleeves year-round, and I bet he was part of an underground fighting club. He's just the kind of guy who would probably really throw a punch, uh, but uh, he just could not get me interested in the periodic table. And uh, thus began my move away from the sciences and my journey of self-acceptance into the mystical arts. A greater understanding that mere science uh, than mere science could provide. Yes, I was always a seeker looking for that which slide be, uh, lies beyond the known universe, you understand. You can't put it on a chart. I'm not going to—that's not how I learn, I guess. I'm genuinely worried about starting my stove or building a replica of the White House out of matches for fear that I could lose it all. Well, Dolores did not take kindly to my suggestion. She said I was impinging on her rights, that she came to this country for freedom not to deal with arseholes. And I told her, lady, this country was built on both of those things. That's a lot of arseholes for freedom. Anyway, we did not end up spooning that night. And instead, I treated, uh, I was treated, uh, rather, to, a, to an angry tirade and a smoking binge that has lasted the better part of four weeks. I sealed up everything I could in my own apartment and contacted the landlord. And at this point, I'm basically driving to New Jersey to look for homes that are smoke-free with nice bathtubs in a yard big enough for a tire swing in a podcasting studio. It drives a person crazy, it does. It's right on par with bedbugs. You feel like you can't sleep. 
You can't breathe. It's uh, in your clothes. It's kind of invisible. You know, there's a lot of psychological trauma that one experiences living in New York. Bed bugs and smoke. There's things that are just uh, the unseen that control your world. In one hand, I'm in pursuit of those, but on the other hand, I'm running from them. So, yes, there's contradictions in my life, as I'm sure there are in yours. I've been compensating by ordering food online. I can't help it. The Maple Company, such nice people. Pretty pictures of food. Supposed to be healthy. Comes in a compostable container. Oh, don't you love composting? What fun. Anyway, these folks, they advertise in all the subways. It's either that or some kind of lady underwear that soaks up blood or something. I hope they'll become our sponsor. (laughs) I bet those underpants are handy to use around the house if you have a big spill or something. They fit in the end of a Swiffer. I'm in business. Thanks, thinks. Thanks for the next. Lots of fun on the subway thinking about lady functions while hoping I don't touch something weird on the pole or get my wallet stolen. Just me, an orthodox Santa, and some ads for period underwear. I should I should explain Orthodox Santa that that's the the older uh, Orthodox folks uh, that have the long white beard that that's what I I realize I just made that shorthand uh, maybe we all know that term but if you don't maybe you live outside of the city center you you wouldn't know what an Orthodox Santa is <sighs> period underwear good times New York good times it is taxing to live here ladies it's no you want to pursue dreams where you're going to have to pay a price. I was just in Denver. Things seemed pretty chill there. They like vests in Denver. I saw a lot of vests. I could move there. Nice climate. Got to put up with a lot of smoke there, though, of all different kinds, if you understand what I'm saying. Well, Maple, this company has delicious maple-flavored cookies. So I have to trudge through grilled kale and some oddly seasoned meat product to get it, but I get it. I get that cookie reward at the end. And now I'm hooked on the things. As a boy, I think I've talked about this, I used to go to Vermont every summer with my mother. And during the summer, at some point on the trip, we'd go to one of these many barns or antique places, craft marts. They're all, you know, it's a barn that somebody had, and then they, they're trying to make it. Uh, and they're just all over the landscape there. Lots of uh, Goddard grads that realized a ceramics degree only goes so far. And lots of them have maple candies for sale. Little sugary leaves that just dissolve instantly and gloriously on the tongue. And you can burn through a whole package very quickly and then just kind of buzz around the inside of the car all the way from Burlington to St. Johnsbury. I love Vermont and I love those candies. And uh, I alluded, this, alluded to this last time, uh, so let me get... Uh, get it uh, just right on the money in this episode. I uh, I lost my mother 20 years ago uh, this coming week, and it's hit me a little hard, but I'm getting through it. I'm trying to be brave, and uh, but it's not helping uh, with the whole eating lots and uh, eating lots of feelings. <laughs> and the maple candies are like a little memory uh, that hits you. It comes in an eco-friendly packaging. How can depression be so easy and tasty and good for the environment? But it is. And speaking of depression, did you know our dear friend Jacqueline Novak has a book out? It's called How to Weep in Public, Feeble Offerings from One Depressive to Another. We chatted about the book about a year or so ago, and now it's available. I've already ordered it, but I'm too cheap to pay for the expedited shipping, so it won't arrive for a couple of days. But I urge you to consider getting it either at the, the bookstore, you go to Amazon. <clears throat> you know, if you've got a little dark cloud that's hovering around you and you need to address it, that's why I'm trying to be honest with you about what's going on. Because sometimes these things bubble up and they catch you, and certain anniversaries mean more than other anniversaries, but you have to mark it and and move forward. And uh, sure, it's always going to come back at you. 
but uh, it's helped. maybe this book can be a nice distraction. Maybe it can help you deal with some of that stuff. Uh, I, I'm wild about Jacqueline and her um, uh, stand-up comedy, so I know this book is going to be uh, stellar. And uh, maybe just want just have it there at the bedside. Just, do you have a bedside table? I used to have one of those. Just put it on there. Uh, and I, I'm sure the book uh, is not going to disappoint you. I could go on about depression. I could go on about the Great Depression. But I think instead I'll talk inspiration and let you know about an exciting new venture. This It's taken a lot of my uh, mental space. And so that's, that's, uh, that's, what, that's what I'm going to say here. Uh, and, the, and it's a culmination of sorts of a lot of work. And, and that work has been really uh, Im- impacting me over the last couple of, uh, couple of weeks. This is an exciting thing. I don't, don't, want, to get, don't want to stay in the, the dark place. We're moving into a night, into a, into a fun. Uh, so uh, for years, uh, all my life, really, basically since a boy, uh, as soon as the, the old balls dropped and the voice changed in about the sixth grade, people have said to me, you should be in radio. Or you have such a great voice, you should do voiceovers. And I'd say, well, I have a podcast for seven years. I've been doing a show. Listen anytime or anywhere on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, live or on YouTube. Or Scott Rogowski's show in New York, L.A., San Francisco. But yes, I should get into something. People seem genuinely surprised that I do anything with my voice. So then an old friend called me up just out of the blue and said, how would you like to be the voice of America's leading wood varnish? And I said, yes, please. So after a long and fitful period of not knowing whether it was going to go or not and not knowing about some of my future plans and whether I had time to schedule an interview here, an interview there, I can now happily announce that next time you hear an ad for Jimmy Thunder's Wood Thirst Quencher, you'll be hearing the dulcet tones of yours truly. Yes, we've got radio spots and annoying internet ads, and you'll be saying so thirsty in your sleep. That's how many times they're going to run this thing. And, uh, I, you know... I just get a dollar or so every time it runs. <laughs> so I don't mind. I mean, I'm not saying it's a lot of money. But I passed a beautiful metallic teal late 70s Jaguar, and I may have to own it. I mean, that's how you roll up to a live podcast taping, isn't it? Oh, it's terribly exciting. I've already spent all the all the millions in my head. But I promise to keep going with this show. That's the thing. Look, I'm not going to. What am I going to do? Get, get fabulously rich off a of wood varnish and then walk away from everything I've built? No. No, I enjoy it too much, and I enjoy your company too much. And uh, 4 a.m. is a tough time, as um, uh, some, some great people have written about <laughs> as being that time. James Baldwin, I think, wrote about it, uh, being that really decisive moment when you know that that day is going to end and a new one has to start. It's inevitable. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so if I skip a week in the future, just know I'm getting floors very wet for a solid paycheck and living out a dream long held. Thank you for your understanding to everyone and for everyone in believing, uh, everyone for believing in me. Uh, Joan Van Ark, she's a person that told me I had a great voice. You remember her? Knott's Landing. I was always sad that TV show wasn't about Don Knott's Flying Academy, but it was about some people fighting over clothes or something. I think someone got pushed into a fountain, or maybe that was Falcon Crest. We sure loved nasty rich people with nothing to do back then. Amazing how much progress we've made in the last 30 years of entertainment. Oh, my. Anyway, the next live show is wonderful, wonderful. It's an evening at Joe's Pub with a stellar lineup of comedy and music and matching suits and bubble. It's a, it's a variety show. 
It's old old time showbiz, you understand. Tickets are going to be twenty bucks. It's Sunday, April tenth, nine thirty p.m. Oh, that's a sweet hour right there. That's the time. Have some dinner. Have a couple drinks. Jo- join in, and you can uh, uh, be there with uh, myself, co-host Leslie Goshko, and uh, we're going to welcome our guests. Oh, look at this: Champagne Lady Molly Pope, Salty Brine, the Trumpet Boys. Carol Mendez and artists, dancers, Barry McLean, Andrew Bancroft, Ashley Perez Flanagan, and more. Much, much more. Let's celebrate spring together and ruin our Monday morning with this Sunday night showcase of stars. All the info for this show and other events are up at DaleRadio.com, or you can go to the Joe's Pub uh, website, and they have the calendar and ticket information there. Buy directly from the good seats. There's a couple of drinks you got to have when you're there, but uh, it's worth it. We had so much fun doing it almost a year ago, exactly to this date. Uh, uh, it's a lot of fun. So that'll do it for me. Here we go. We're going to keep going. Stay tuned to your radios, and if you hear my voice, drop me a line. It's always fun to hear uh, that it's actually happening. Uh, Till next time, I'll be celebrating women by raising a giant totem of the female spirit made entirely from old whiskey bottles and then setting my old girdle on fire. Now let's get back to that great music that we all enjoy. Dale Radio is produced and performed by James Bewley, musical director Steve O'Reilly, season 8 theme song by Chris Shockwave Sullivan, season 8 podcast icon by Jenny Fine. For more on Dale, visit daleradio.com and be sure to subscribe, rate, review us on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and any other digital platform. We're out there, so you'll be out there. Thanks for listening. You're the best.